and welcome to another episode of the Incomplete Truth Podcast. I'm Hire and I'm joined by Shamantha here today along with Elder Dave Crescent to continue our conversation about the intersection between healthcare and the Indigenous perspective. So without further ado, I'm going to pass it on to Shamantha who's going to kick us off. Thank you, Hire. You know, we wanted to start with the topic that you initially touched on in terms of health and wellness and the way of life. What is the impact of being disconnected with one's spirituality and sense of community on their overall well-being? And how does that lead to someone's understanding of their self, their identity, and also what health means to them? Once again, you know, when we, when we talk about significance and importance of, of spirituality, that, that's an understanding that really can't be intellectualized. I mean, I always find that a challenge. But even when we're talking about spirit, you know, it, mm-hmm. one has to experience that. And that is why the turtle laws has become so important to, to us and to many people that have been able to have an opportunity to come within that environment that we create, mm-hmm. you know, through the gifts that we have as a people. Uh, we create uh, through sound, through prayer, and there, there's things that we use within our way of life that ensures, you know, the, that the spirit can be invoked within our presence. And that's how powerful the gifts that the red people have is that the gifts that they have have the power to invoke that spiritual realm that is there other people, believe it or not, indigenous people have lived in that world and continue to live in that world, walking with the spirit. And if we do not walk and connect with the spirit, then there's a good chance that we're going to become lost, that we're not going to really live the truth of our identity, you know, as human beings. And they say that uh, in order to Uh, understand your purpose, it has to begin with each individual seeking a dream or a vision that would help them to to define who they are and their purpose in the same way that, you know, I was given the vision of the Turtle Lodge that gave me purpose. And once I was able to have faith in the dream, the, the, the building of the lodge, you know, had a it, it just had a spirit of its own type of thing, and it just moved, mm-hmm. you know. And it, 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 the point is, when it comes to spirituality, we're talking about having faith in a, in a realm that you don't necessarily see. In the scientific world, you know, the scientists have to see before they believe. Mm-hmm. In our view, that we have to believe before that we can see. Because it, that the spirit itself, you know, will, we can't control what the spirit will allow us to see. That's up to the spirit to be able to show itself in whatever form, you know, that it, that it wants. But it happens all the time. You know, in a crowd of 50 people, there will always be at least one that will either see, feel the, the, the moment of that presence of that spirit as it enters into our environment. So when we're not connected, then there's a good chance that we're going to fall short in living our true purpose as as human beings. And that is why, you know, that we believe that ceremony is is very, very important, you know, to to connect with that spirit. 
And where we truly really connect with the spirit is on the land, which is a universal teacher for all of us, because the land is full of spirit. It's the spirit in the trees, the spirit in the water, the spirit in the rocks, the spirit in the land itself. Thank you so much for that explanation, Dave. We wanted to shift our conversation a little bit to asking you more about Turtle Lodge and what it stands for, what its mission is, and some of the things that you are all trying to do. One of the things, you know, that we are doing with at the Turtle Lodge is we've been we've left the lodge open to those that want to learn. You know, we've taken an inclusive position of sharing the knowledge and understanding that we have to those that want to learn, because that is our duty and that is our responsibility as a people. The share, which is not ours, it, it belongs to the people. The knowledge that, we're, that we do have as a people, we're very, very blessed to have it, but that blessing, you know, will be, won't be fully re received until you give it away or share it. We have to share what we have. And indigenous people have always been like that, that they've always been and having that spirit to be able to give and to, to share. When we talk about halter, you know, I try to find a word in my language, you know, to describe the whole bigger picture of what we're talking about. And it, it was a word that, that came up that I've heard the elders say over and over, you know, in our lodges. Translated means a good way of life. Now, what is that? And then that's when the elders start to tell you what a good way of life is. And it begins by understanding your spirit that defines your identity. And the elders would say, if you're not feeling one, do you have a dream? And then if you respond, I don't have a dream. And the elders will say, well, that's part of your, part of your challenge right now. You need to find a dream. You need to reach out to the, to that higher level. Of, of intelligence that we call the spirit and everybody has their own understanding of relationship with you know however relationship that they have spiritually every one of us have a way and indigenous people have always always believed that there was a higher power that we refer to as the great mystery the great spirit and we have not got the intellectual capacity to be able to understand the fullness of who the great spirit is, the best we can do is to feel that spirit within our own being. And all of that is, uh, is experience within the lodges, like the third lodge is in the forefront of that, that moment across the country and around the world, trying to share what we are hearing from the spirit that we, we connect with in, in the lodge. And I would encourage young people, you know, to consider rites of passage, you know, and we leave that open to to anyone that wants to join us as we go each spring time, you know, to, to support the rite of passage for young people. And it doesn't matter how they've identified themselves. What's important is to get to the land, to feel their being and the way that they have identified themselves, because in truth, we are all children of the earth, all of us, no matter how we we classify or identify ourselves, we are all children of the youth. So that, and it's to me, you know, I, I spend a lot of time here just on spirituality because I think that's, that's, that's the foremost important thing that we should be talking about if we're going to even consider, you know, what constitutes uh, good health and wellness. 
you know, speaking of spirituality and speaking of the ceremonies that take place in Turtle Lodge, would you say then these types of traditions that you, you may have or practices that you have there, that's what binds the community there together? And how does having a sense of community play into the overall well-being of a person? In living in our world, I don't see community because the community seems to be fragmented and pulled in many different directions that we're not walking the same the same dream and in the great wisdom you know of the elders you know where does community start to be developed and it starts with an individual each individual has to find themselves in order to participate in a real community once you find yourself then you begin to find and understand your duty and responsibility within that community itself. And it is important that as an individual, that one understands the foundation of the teaching that uh, really define the foundation of a community. But it begins with an individual coming to terms with their own spiritual identity that defines who they are. And once they've been able to somewhat find themselves, then they the, the, the family becomes important. How you how you you know uh, live your individualness in the family? Are you a part of uh, an entity of family that you're working together? You're taking care of each other. You're looking after each other. And everyone has responsibilities within that family. Then it's extended now to the community. The community itself is once that individual. You know, has found himself, he will find himself in the collective of, of, of a community that shares those values and those teachings, you know, that act as the foundation of what a community should be. Could you take some time, uh, Elder Dave, to express and explain what these teachings entail and how they're intertwined into the practices at Turtle Lodge? There are seven teachings or laws that we follow here in this part of this part of the world, you know, that act as the foundation of our spiritual understanding that, that, that really defines the foundation. For example, the first teaching and the first law that, that is symbolized and represented by the buffalo. Respect is and the essence of respect is to give. Mm -hmm. Because the buffalo, according to our people, you know, gave every part of its being so that our people could survive on the prairies. He gave everything. And that is what, that's the essence of respect is to give and to be able to share. And that's only one teaching, you know, and, and within the lodge itself, we share these teachings. And I know we don't have the time here to really you know, give it proper uh, uh, consideration in terms of really trying to share, but the foundation of, of those uh, teachings, you know, must act as the foundation of finding ourselves, living family, and living in the community. Thanks so much for sharing that with us, Dave. I think it's very evident the role that community plays in our identity and improving our health. And so along that topic, we wanted to ask you what healthcare practices are practiced at the Turtle Lodge? Some of the healthcare practices practices that we that we have first of all is everything is done under a ceremonial context mm -hmm. like right just just the other day you know a young girl approached she was having problems 
And the first thing, take them into ceremony. Ask the spirit for guidance and for the help of that individual that is asking for help. And we turn it over, you know, to the power of spirit itself. Because as human beings, we don't have the power to, 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 to create life in, in that sense. But we, we use the gifts that we have. And then, you know, we ask the spirit, what do we do for this, this, this young lady that has come? So everything begins with ceremony. And out of the ceremony comes the direction that this young girl was to, was to do in order to, to reach that, that point that she would get better. You know, it, it's always driven by the knowledge keepers, the ones that have the gift to be able to, to speak to the spirit. I'm not saying that nobody has that capacity. We all do. But certain individuals within the nation you know, are given that duty and responsibility to act as that healer for, for the community, which is totally different from Western, uh, uh, thinking in terms of health and wellness. When you're, when you go and see an elder, you know, he's going to take you to a place to try to help you to understand your identity, your responsibilities and your duties. Are you living those duties and responsibilities? And if you are not, then the elder would say, well, that's why you're not feeling well, because you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. So it's, the, the healthcare practices that we have, you know, is not something that, uh, that can really be uh, 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 written like in, 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 a, in a technical way, but rather to try to express it in, you know, sparing a way of life, the duties and the protocols that are needed you know, in order to, to find that health and wellness. And it always begins with the mentorship of, of an elder. And this is what colonization did to our people. It almost totally destroyed the mentorship of our, of our nation and took them away from the elders that had that knowledge and had that understanding, which took them into an institution. And when they came out of those institutions, they had no memory of who they were. Which, which resulted, you know, in the negative impacts that we see many of our young people are going through today with all the symptoms that we find, what of addiction and suicide. But we didn't create that. Our people never created that. That was brought within our environment, you know, to deny us, you know, to, to live our identity as a people. And when we, we talk about practicing our identity, we are practicing it for all people. It's not only for indigenous people. When we go to the land, we pray for all the people. We pray for all the life. And if, if all of us can, can have that understanding, then we're going to give birth to a new life in this world as it is prophesied by the visionaries of our people. Because Mother Earth is giving birth to a new life. We must also give birth to that new, that new life within ourselves. You know, to bring that original knowledge of understanding of how we should treat each other as human beings. You are my sisters. I am your brother. And if we have that understanding, we're going to go a long way, you know, by working together and sharing in that spirit of concern that we have, that so many lies have been told that what we want to hear is the truth. And the truth is reflected in the land itself, spoken by the spirit itself as we go into the ceremony.
Thank you so much, Dave, for sharing how to play spirituality in the context of mental health illnesses. I do agree with you. Uh, socioeconomic issues serve to contribute to the fundamental and structural causes of mental health. With regards to physical health, you've touched on a number of crucial health-related concerns, uh, such as nutrition, physical activity, and the need for social connection of mutual respect, and also in the way how we treat each other. And this is so true on, on various levels. And it also goes back to a question that we have for you. Um, so how do you, as an elder, see us having these kinds of conversations and forming these connections in the future? What is a, or what is the platform that you feel that indigenous peoples, uh, need to connect with the rest of the society? And what other resources can everyone who want to learn more about this turn to in order to inform themselves, both about the practices and cultures, traditions of the indigenous people? We, we find that what's happening right now is that there's such an increase of mental illness in the world for tremendous different reasons. And what is the role of that mental, mental illness that we see being reflected in today's world? Again, you know, that there's so much um, pressure, I think, that, that people are, are, are put themselves under you know, uh, socioeconomic issues, you know, the economics that play a big part, especially in the today. You know, there seems to be a real conflict between health and the, the health of uh, the economic system. And we don't see life in that sense. You know, what we find that is most important is, you know, that, that spiritual aspect of our nature that will define, you know, our purpose, first of all, that will lead to us to, you know, how will we receive the abundance of life from the spirit and how we will receive abundance from the land. Because ultimately, everything that we need to be able to live and to survive comes from the land. It doesn't come from the, the food stores that we drive to. Everything originates from the land. The spirit of life itself originates from the original source, you know, from, from the spirit world. So the, in finding balance, again, you know, if we, if we look at what we have done and are doing to the earth, creating this imbalance, you know, is because we have, uh, we have not respected her. We have not shown respect for the natural laws that we should be guided by, that we should be supporting. These natural laws are self-enforcing. If we do not honor those laws, you know, Mother Earth is going to teach us. And I think that's part of the, the cleansing and the purification or the transformation that we're going through in this time and in this age. You know, we're being given an opportunity to transform ourselves to become better human beings. And we and the only way we're going to be able to achieve that is to find that balance in life. We have so much fear, so much anger, so much of everything, you know, that throws us way off. And we look at the body and the food that we are consuming is killing us. You know, it's highly processed, you know, and it's killing us. And yet we continue to eat it, you know, open, thinking that, oh, you know, I, it's not going to affect it, but of course it's going to affect it. the food that we eat. 
and the exercise that is needed. And we find today that we live in a in a world, you know, that we're not wanting. You know, the young children today are not having the kind of physical activity that they should have to keep their body balanced. Mm-hmm. Now, when it comes to the mind, you know, the mind uses the eyes. What the eye sees is what the mind will, will, will receive. Mm-hmm. So what we should be we should be looking at is the beauty of nature and implant that within your mind and see the beauty of nature. See the beauty within each other as human beings in the difference of color, the difference and uniqueness that we find in the human family is all reflecting beauty. But we don't see it that way. We're all interconnected. What happens to one happens to all. And we see that today where so many people, particularly people of color, that are being so mistreated, you know, because they happen to look different. And that, that is so in opposition of the way indigenous people look at their brothers and sisters, because they say they're, they're, some of our brothers are, and sisters are going to arrive on our new, on our homeland, and we've got to be ready to teach them and share with them, you know, the knowledge that we have. And I find it very promising here today to be able to talk to, to both of you that you've given me this opportunity, and I think we need to continue to engage in that way. And then maybe out of our relationship, something will evolve to give us some some vision of how we further share the knowledge that Indigenous people have, but also receive the knowledge of people like yourself, that you also have something to share. How do we create that environment? That it is only through the spirit of kindness and respect for each other that we must have if we're going to be able to embrace the uniqueness that each of us hold within the human family, so that there wouldn't be mental illness, you know, if we were carrying out our duties and responsibility. There wouldn't be mental illness if we, you know, if we stop destroying the earth. There wouldn't be, the, you know, these, these pandemics, you know, to treat the earth, the animal world properly. So there's, there's a lot that can be said. But I, I, I believe that, uh, you know, if we continue to talk, if we continue to engage this way, and especially, you know, giving us this opportunity as, as the first peoples, you know, to give us a voice that is, that you don't hear in parliament, that you don't hear the truth of the real identity of indigenous people in any of these institutions, because the knowledge that is, the true knowledge of indigenous people is found within their lodges that carry the spirit of that understanding. As we wrap up, we want to mention that everything we spoke about has been extremely insightful. And both Hiri and I can attest to the fact that you joining us on this platform and sharing this rich information has been quite an eye-opening experience on its own. And we hope that Indigenous knowledge can reach more learners, such that we build a community of respect. Our faith is that the actions of the past will not dictate the outcomes for the future. And our hope is that the youth of today can be the one to bring this change and create a space of respect. So without further ado, the last question that we have for you, Dave, is is about the youth. What words would you like to leave them with? And what would you like them to know? You know, things that uh, you know, the, the knowledge papers are more than discussion about right now is, you know, how do we engage the young people of today, you know, to, to be given the knowledge and the understanding that 
Lodge Keepers Hall. And one of the things that we, you know, we have talked about is creating an opportunity for all young people to, to feel the land. There have to be more opportunities, you know, for young people with the mentorship of the elders, you know, to, to be taken to the land, to experience the land and to feel the land in a way that they, they have never felt before. It is going to be the young people that are really going to help transform this world away from, you know, the separation, the division and the hatred that we find in today's world. And the young people, you know, I would encourage them to stop and reflect on that element of, them, of their being that we call the spirit. In our language is still to chuck. It's a hard thing to translate. It's close as I can say the spirit within each of us that defines, you know, who we are and what our identity is. And to the people that say you've all been given a gift. Every human being was given a gift. And the challenge for each of you is to be able to find that gift that is defined within your own spiritual identity. And once you've been able to achieve a better understanding of your own your own purpose, it will inevitably lead you to a collective, you know, of other young people coming together and saying, you know, we can change the world. You've got to know yourself and who you are. And the, the, there is no prejudice in the spirit world. The spirit world has this unconditional love for all of life. Each and every one of us is the, is the human family. And, you know, if you proceed, you know, in, in your life, Understand that we are all equal in receiving the unconditional love of the Great Spirit. The sun shines on all of us, doesn't shine on only a few people. That the symbol of that Great Spirit you know, shining upon each of us, you know, giving us the, the, this great opportunity now you know, to come to terms with how we should be really living with human And you, the young people, I would say, you know, seek out mentorship of knowledge keepers or people that have an understanding of the significance and the sacredness of life itself. Call upon them, talk to them, listen to what they have to say. Do not proceed forward feeling that you do not need the help of the mentorship of the knowledge keepers of your nation. And that we have to reach a greater level of respect for, for all of life and for each other. Your words were so very soothing and inspirational to listen to, and it was such a lovely conversation. A few of my own takeaways from this conversation here today includes understanding that we need to proceed with an openness and mindfulness in knowledge sharing and also in mentorship. Just by listening actively and, you know, learning attentively from the relationship that surrounds you, you can get an insight on how to focus on building a better future for ourselves and also for future generations. We truly appreciate the opportunity to connect and, you know, be here with you today. Thank you so much again for listening. And please do check out their website and start your own learning experience. And stay tuned for our next episode.